Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week on the show, I interview Emily Prokop, and we're talking all about repurposing a podcast into a book, which is such a cool example of content repurposing, and I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. It's something that I've never actually spoken about before. And so Emily is the creator and host of The Story Brand, a short narrative podcast about the history of everyday objects and she also edits podcasts for others is a podcast consultant and has a company called e podcast productions and as i mentioned her podcast has recently been turned into a book and i have invited emily onto the show to talk more about that so welcome to the show emily thank you so much for having me amy Thanks for coming on. So we've never actually met before, but I was so intrigued by the article I read in the podcast business journal, wasn't it, that I had to reach out to you almost immediately and say, this sounds really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Just um, would you mind, you know, telling us a little bit more about yourself? So what is your podcast about the story behind my podcast is about the story behind everyday objects. So things like toilet paper I just did. And um, of course, everything is blanking on me. I have 130 episodes. <laughs> I did the story <laughs> behind the musical, which I sung. Um, I did the story behind Clue series. So I went through the story behind all the weapons used in Clue, or as you would actually probably know it as Cluedo, because we're oh, yeah. weird in America and we have to change everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cluedo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a short podcast. It's under 10 minutes. And I just kind of go through the backstory of it, how it was invented, sometimes how we use it today and how it's evolved. And it's so much fun. I love I love doing my podcast. And how long have you been doing your podcast for? A little over two years. So I started it in September of 2016. Wow. And you said, did you say 130, did you say? Yeah. The first year I was doing two in a week and then I had to go back to one after about a year of that. Wow. So that's amazing. That's a a very consistent podcast production then, which I guess it doesn't surprise me given that you are, you know, a professional podcast consultant as well, but it's still, it's not easy, is it? Especially when you first get started to, to be consistent. So to get to that many, it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And in the past year, I can say that because my podcast is more of my hobby and my love, it got pushed to the back burner a lot of the times. So I'm sure everyone knows, you know, you have something that you love, but client work has to come first. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's how it is, isn't it? Yeah. It sounds like you're doing an amazing job with it. Um, so how did it come about that you repurposed the podcast into a book? So what what's the story? Was that your idea or did somebody approach you about this? Or? What's really funny is when I was in seventh grade, I decided I want to write a book someday. And fast forward about 20 years later, a publisher reached out to me about a year after I started my podcast and said, you know, your episodes are so short, they'd make perfect chapters in a book if you want to put together the story behind 50 different items. And up till that point, even because my show is scripted, 
I never thought about turning it into a book. I, I, I'm still slapping myself. Like, how did you not think of turning this into a book before a publisher said, hey, this would make a good book? And I repurposed about 30 of my episodes. And then I wrote 20 chapters that I haven't turned into episodes. So it's something that readers of the book can get. And then they still can listen to the podcast and hear other things they haven't heard or haven't read. And listeners of the podcast can buy the book and they can read those 20 chapters that I'm not necessarily going to make into episodes. Wow. So um, that's a, that's an amazing story. So, so when did when did you actually publish the book? How long did it take you? What, what was the journey like? From the time the publisher reached out to me till the time the book was published was about 10 months. It was published October 15th, or it was available October 15th. And yeah, and I had about seven months to write the book, which was nice because, like I said, more than half of it was already written because I had the scripts from my show. Yeah, so you had basically, I guess you were so grateful that you'd been creating those scripts for the show because that it's already in the written content, isn't it? So you're not going back and actually listening to each episode, but you're actually starting from the written content, but then wordsmithing that out and I guess kind of elaborating and turning it into something that's suitable for a book. Yeah, there were very minor edits that I had to do to make episodes a little less conversational, knowing that I could fix something in a podcast, whereas in a book, kind of what's on the page, you can't really fix it in post aside from having an editor. But um, it was interesting. And then writing the new chapters, I'm pretty sure if someone read the book, they can see which chapters were from episodes as opposed to which chapters were written for the book um, Mm. if they saw the rough draft because the ones that were written for the podcast I've already gone through I already talked out loud and said the script and read it a few times so it was probably already nice and edited and clean and then the brand new chapters I feel bad for the editor who actually one of the eyes on it was my husband so he was Mm. like oh yeah (laughs) Slightly different style and tone, I suppose. Yeah, because you came at it from a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. And did so the the editor who got in touch with you or the publisher who got in touch with you, were they an avid fan of your podcast to begin with then? Yeah, they said they had found the podcast and that they listened to it and they brought it to their boss and she was an acquisitions editor. And um, then we got on a phone call and they, the people that I got on the phone call with, it was like the designer and the editor and um, the social media consultant. It was weird. They had all mm-hmm. listened to my podcast. And I was like, really? Like, how'd you find this thing? It's not like it's ever, it's never been in the top whatever. I mean, maybe like 190 something of the top 200, <laughs> like once or twice. It's never been a new and noteworthy. So it's just really funny that they came across it and wanted to turn it into a book. I guess it just goes to show that it only takes, you know, one avid listener out there to fall in love with your content. And then, you know, they mention it to somebody else. And then you don't know who's listening and what what job they're in. Obviously, all these guys were 
um, interested in your content, thought it was amazing, and then had this idea to approach you about a book. So it, it, you don't know who's listening. That's what's so good about podcasting, isn't it? You really don't know who's listening and the, the opportunities that are just around the corner if you put great content out there. Um, and it's so cool that you had always aspired to write a book anyway, even when you, when you were seven years old and then <laughs> and then through podcasting this, this happened. Um, and you said it was seven months from the point of being approached to actually what is that to actually having the book published that was my deadline I had seven months to write it my deadline was the first of July I believe and then it came out October 15th what's weird was even before the book was finished they were sending me cover ideas and they were like share this with your audience and that was a big big thing that they loved, first of all, when they approached me was I already had a built-in audience, which a lot of people who write books, they finish writing their books and then they worry about getting the audience. And it was so nice to not have to worry about that as much because I knew my audience, they were so excited for me. And one of the greatest things about it was I got to bring them along for the journey from, hey, I just got pitched to write a book all the way through, what do you think of this cover? Uh, to what episode should I put into the book? Which ones were your favorite? And they really, they were a big contributor to the book itself. Yeah, it's amazing when you can take your audience on the journey with you, isn't it? Um, it's, it provides so much great social content for you and it always gets lots of engagement, doesn't it? And then yes. I guess um, when it was close to b- the book launch as well, were you then doing uh, pre-sales with your audience who'd been going on that journey with you as well? Yeah, I mean, mm. it was mentioned in all my podcast episodes, it was mentioned across social media. My publisher, they were so awesome. They're Mango Publishers. They sent me all the graphics for my Twitter profile, my Facebook profile, my YouTube profile. Mm-hmm. They were like, here are the graphics. Make sure you know that people can pre-order your book. Here's the link to use. Just they laid it all out and they gave me a lot of um coaching as far as what I should be posting, how often I should be posting, what hashtags to use that people will want to associate with my book. So it was really cool that they did all that research. But I know that a lot of that can be done online by people who are like, well, I don't have a publisher. There are plenty of self-published books that um, people have gotten information for online and they're, they're able to do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm actually writing a book at the moment, which will be out later this year, and it's going to be a self-published book. So it's, but it's amazing hearing all the the support that you had. Um, that all sounds amazing. I'll have to be, you know, getting my team to help me with all of the kind of social content and things like that as it gets closer. Um, a, a question I have is that when you, so you're you're creating your book and. At the same time, I'm sure that you're still regularly putting out new podcast episodes as well. So when did you draw the line on this is exactly what's going in the book? And even though I just did this amazing episode last week or or whatever, that's not going to go in the book. Like, How did you make that decision on what will and won't go in? And I bet it was quite hard sometimes to decide what won't go in the book, wasn't it, as opposed to what will go in the book? I... From the beginning, I had a list that I was continually making, and I was actually looking for certain inventors 
that weren't just, you know, old white guys who invented something and made a lot of money. I tried <laughs> yeah. to get really diverse with it. And I set out from the very beginning, I said, okay, these are just going to be for the book. There was one instance where I had written the chapter and I believe it was the traffic light. And I loved the story behind it so much that I was like, all right, guys, I'm sorry. I have to make an episode about it. This is the only one. <laughs> this is the only <laughs> one you're getting. <laughs> but it was really nice. And I did get a comment of, oh, I'm so excited to read your book now. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, because I think it's good the approach that you had, though, that you knew and you only made it, you know, that one exception, because otherwise I could imagine it being really quiet. Um, challenging and always wanting to change things around because you are constantly putting out new good content while you're trying to write the book as well. <laughs> and it was um, hard. My audience was so understanding of when I had to take a few weeks off or um, there would be times I'd be up against deadline to get my podcast out. And I would just look over and my book is right there. I'm like, I have 20 episodes written that I could just say, say into a microphone and edit it. And yeah. I, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> And what aspect, What would you say has been the results for you in terms of going through this process and now um, having your book? What has been the results from, you know, an audience perspective, business perspective, and also, um, you know, just personally for you to have authored a book? I think finding a bigger audience for my podcast has been such a wonderful um blessing from the book and getting people to listen to the podcast and not only listen to the podcast, but discover podcasts because yeah. they've picked up the book and they're like, oh my gosh, these, these podcast things are amazing. Tell me <laughs> more. And the other thing is just how supportive an audience that you may not hear from all the time can really be because when you're podcasting, if you're doing an interview, it's just you and one other person. Or if you're doing like I did a solo show, it's just you talking into a microphone. Sure, you see the stats. Sure, you sometimes hear from listeners or you can tweet at them or you can have a Facebook group and get a rough number of the really awesome super listeners that are on your everywhere and you can get an idea of that. But it wasn't until the book came out and people started posting pictures of themselves with the book. And be, and I, I've never heard from these people or um, gotten an email or saw that they followed me on anything. But they're like, hey, I just got this book. I'm so excited. I've been listening to your podcast for years. And the nice thing is you can go and repurpose that content to, yeah. okay, you're going on my Instagram. You're going on my <laughs> Twitter. Thank you for this. This is another post that I don't have to worry about pushing my book out to people and feeling like, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. It's like, no, you have an audience who will happily hold up your book to be like, look, I love supporting you. And it's just been amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. All the people that you didn't know, you know, you hadn't really known were listening are all coming out there because they're so delighted for you and so happy with the book. But like you said as well, people who found the book and didn't know anything about the podcast, maybe they'd never even listened to a podcast before, but because they loved the book, it converted them over to the podcast, which is amazing as well. So um, I guess it, you know, worked in both angles, basically, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was great. And from a from a business perspective for, for yourself as a podcast um, editor and with your podcast business, have you noticed more people 
you know, interested in working with you because of this, you know, slightly different angle to what you did with your own podcast or has it made any difference there? I think it's made a little difference. I do have people who know they can ask me questions about turning their podcast into a book or writing a book. And I have to tell them, I'm like, you know, my publisher kind of walked me through a lot of this, but a really great resource is the book marketing show by Dave Chesson. He is all about self-publishing and thank goodness that I have listened to that show because even though I had a publisher telling me, this is how you should do Instagram, this is how you should do Twitter, this is how you should do some marketing. It's really nice to have a resource, which is, of course, a podcast. And it's also a, a website um, where I could take that on for myself and do some of it on my own without having to follow a specific plan. Not that my publisher was very strict about you have to publish on this day. No, no, no. But <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was really nice to have that as a resource. Yeah, no, it sounds really useful. So for anybody listening to this right now who's just really inspired because they think similar to you, they have lots of great podcast content that they could turn into a book. What would you say would be a great um, kind of starting point if they don't have a publisher to work with? I would say first get excited, get excited to write a book and really capture that excitement that you have. If you're listening to this podcast and you're driving and all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I can turn my podcast into a book. Remember that excitement because that will get you through seven months, eight months, a year of writing because there will be nights when you're like, I have nothing to say. Who is going to buy this book? Who am I to tell this story? I'm nobody. This is terrible. I got to a point I was probably 85% done and I was upstairs crying to my husband being like, it's terrible. I hate every single word that I am writing. And he had to remind me, he's like, you were so excited. You've always wanted to write a book. This is what you are supposed to do. I don't know what you're waiting for, but you need to finish this book and you need to put it out. And also because you're you're under contract. So it's one of those things, make contract with yourself, set aside that time every week. If you're looking at your podcast and thinking, oh, but there's so much content, I don't know where to start. Start with something like your most popular episode, run it through. I know you've mentioned on your show rev.com before for transcriptions. Yeah. Um, Another great tool is Temi, T-E-M-I.com. And that's much cheaper than Rev because you're just transcribing it. It's done uh, with a computer and um, it's not as accurate. But the thing is, if you're writing a book, you're going to want to use that as notes, not necessarily a transcription. Um, so I found a lot of use out of that. And <clears throat> just go for it. Just really commit to it make that time every week to do just one little thing to a book for yeah. a book yeah uh, yeah and I, I like what you said about obviously you you mentioned that you were in a great position because you'd scripted out your podcast so you had a lot of it in written form so you're right if you don't have it in written form then um it's a great idea to get a transcript and i agree um you can go for slightly more reasonably priced than wherever if you you really just go into then start to wordsmith it and change it anyway aren't you so it doesn't really matter if it's not completely accurate and um i'll put a link to 
Um, did you say Temi that you mentioned? Yeah, um, it's yeah. the same company as Rev. Actually, yeah. Rev is done uh, by humans, and Temi is done with a computer in a yeah. few minutes. Well, do you know actually? There's another software that I'll link to called Otter.ai, and yeah. that is um, completely free. You know, you, you just um, upload your video or podcast file in it. Again, you know, there's no human involvement. It is there are a lot of errors often, obviously, but um, it's similar to Temi and it's free. So I'll put that in the show notes as well because it's great to just move to that um, that written form when you are starting to write the content, isn't it? And I love your comment on you know trying to bottle up that excitement and have it ready for the times when you're feeling a bit frustrated. <laughs> Try and remember that exciting moment and have a plan, I guess. Have a plan of what your book is going to be. And for yeah. me personally, because um, I'm writing my book at the moment, I'm trying to make sure that I stick to the plan because I think I mentioned to you earlier where you creating new content and then suddenly wanting that to go in the book and that's what has been happening for me a little bit is that I've been doing lots of content as I've been going along I had my plan all worked out and now I'm thinking well I can put that in and I can put that in but it's end up <laughs> going to be the the biggest book in the entire world so I think sometimes you have to realize there's a second book and a third book and a fourth book in you as well isn't there and you can't put everything into your first book too yeah. so and that, yeah. I guess that's a great question for you, which is because this went really well for you. And, um, you know, obviously you got lots of support. Your book got published and it's a great story. Are you going to bring out a second book? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. And if you or anyone has ever had kids, they will understand sort of that shock of pushing the first one out and being like, <laughs> I don't know if I could do that again. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe in a few years once the um, the memories wear memories off a gone. little bit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but one thing I am doing that I started doing as soon as I got um, offered to write this book was even though I wasn't necessarily going to use the episodes that I was producing of my podcast in the book, I started writing them with the idea that maybe I will use it for a future book. So it was one of those things. I didn't necessarily change my podcast all around, but when I was going through it and recording it, if I saw a spelling or a grammar mistake or a sentence I could have written better, I'll stop recording and rewrite it re-say it and just to be able to have that later to go back to and say, okay, that'll make future me so happy that I went back and changed that now instead of maybe when I'm on deadline writing a book and wanting to grab an old chapter. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's something I talk about a lot on the show about creating content with repurposing in mind and the things mm -hmm. that you could do when you create the content to make it easier to repurpose down the line. And um, a question that I had as well for you was with your book, have you gone on to repurpose any of the content within that? So certain chapters and things like that into social content or um, into, uh, you know, blog posts and things like that or guest posts on other people's websites. Have you gone on to repurpose your book into other things? Some of them. I was actually able to get on a few podcast that I wouldn't necessarily have thought I would have been a good fit for, except for certain chapters in the book. Like I got to go on um, Sunshine and Power Cuts, which is about a woman who lives off the grid, not off the grid, like she's not on the internet, but off the grid as in she 
creates her own electricity. And just because I wrote a chapter about solar panels, I got to go on and talk to her about that. And the same with Home Gadget Geeks going on that. I'm not a gadget girl. My husband is. <laughs> He's huge <laughs> into gadgets. But I got to go on Home Gadget Geeks and talk about um, all the gadgets that I mentioned in the book. So it's like you said, really, it's opened you up to a much wider audience, hasn't it? And a, a broader audience and not necessarily people who, you know, who may not have found you via the podcast, but they found you by the book instead. And it's given you, a, I guess, you know, big, a bigger boo, like the, a book always adds a bit more credibility to anybody, doesn't it, when, when they're an author. So I guess it's opened up doors in that way, hasn't it? A bigger audience and open up doors for you, which is um, amazing. I guess that's exactly what you wanted to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been really, it's been great. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's just um, such an interesting story. Like I said, I've never actually spoken to anyone who has gone from podcast to book before. And um, it's not really something that I've talked about because I haven't known an awful lot about it. So it's been great to talk to you today. Um, where should anybody go if they want to reach out and connect with you? Uh, you can find all of my contact information and everything about my book and my podcast at thestorybehindpodcast.com. Cool. So I will just put the link to that in the show notes and then anyone can find everything that they need from you. And I guess, can we get a copy of your book there as well? I'm sure we can, can't we? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, can I bring okay. it to you at PodFest? Yes, that'd be amazing. Okay, thank you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation and I can't wait to see what else you do with your content as well. So thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much, Amy. I love this show. Thank you. (laughs) 